Welcome to podcast number 48 of Safe Dividend Investing. My name is Ian Duncan MacDonald. I'm the author of four investment books. Today, we are going to continue reading from the first chapter of American High Dividend Handbook and followed by three questions. Chapter 1, High Dividend Handbook, continuing. If you bought this book thinking it was going to help you get rich quick, like winning the lottery, then you are mistaken. What you will learn is that a disciplined, wise investor who carefully selects stocks can double a portfolio's value in five years in the following ways. Number one, using the stock scoring method in this book, you will be able to identify the 20 best, safest, financially strong, high dividend paying stocks for your portfolio. Your objective is to buy these stocks with the intention of never selling these financially strong stocks, no matter how high the share price of these financially strong dividend-paying stocks may climb or fall. To grow your portfolio quickly, you will initially reinvest your dividend income until you retire. This reinvestment of dividends creates a compounding effect as you add more stocks to your portfolio whose share prices keep on increasing and paying ever-rising dividends. The share prices of financially strong companies grow steadily. They increase their dividend payouts to keep them close to or higher than their competitors' share prices. Thus, while a stock may now be paying a monthly dividend of $1 a share, if you go back 20 years, this can be easily viewed in historical price and dividend trend figures appearing on the data page of each stock in Chapter 9 of this book, you may see that in 2001, the stock was paying $0.10 a share. Every year since then, the dividend payouts may have increased in unison with the company's increasing share price as the company grew and prospered. You will understand that you need only consider replacing a stock in your portfolio if its score drops below 50, while at the same time the stock's dividend yield percent drops below 5%. In retirement, when you begin to live off the dividends, as I have for 17 years, you should find that your portfolio is sufficiently large that its dividend payments remove any need to ever sell stocks to cover your living expenses. That portfolio will keep growing as the share prices increase. Retirement is achieving financial independence. Since you no longer need to work, unless you choose to, you can retire at any age as soon as your dividend income comfortably exceeds your living expenses. Why do companies increase their dividend payouts? Some companies want to reward shareholders for not selling their stock. Others want to keep their dividend payouts a percent higher than their competitors' dividend payouts to make their stock more attractive to buy. 
More importantly, the executives of most companies own company shares and stock options. They will do whatever they can to ensure that both the share price and the dividends go up. They have a selfish interest in growing their own wealth. There are 16,001 stocks traded on various North American stock exchanges. The number fluctuates. Only a few hundred of these stocks are financially strong enough and paying a high enough dividend to be considered for a strong portfolio. Through a process of elimination, you can easily and quickly locate the 20 best stocks for your portfolio. The first selector you use is the geographic selector. It narrows your search from the 16,001 stocks traded in North America down to 10,362 stocks traded on stock exchanges in the United States. Note that many shares of companies from all over the world are traded on the New York Stock Exchange. To remove any preferred shares for consideration from the common shares you wish to purchase, you select only stocks with an operating margin exceeding 1%. This drops the number of stocks for consideration down to 2,763 common shares. I will explain in detail later in this book the importance of operating margins and why preferred shares are to be avoided. Just using a price-to-earnings ratio and a stock price selector without any ranges eliminates hundreds of stocks from consideration. There are stocks listed on exchanges who have zero stocks traded. Since you're only seeking high dividend paying companies, a dividend yield selector eliminates all companies paying a dividend yield of less than 3.5%. 3.5% was chosen as it is the average percentage of inflation over the last 100 years. When I did this selection in the summer of 2021, it narrowed the number of stocks you initially need to consider for your portfolio down to 286. Charts scoring these 286 stocks by price, dividend, yield, percent, score, and alphabetically are in chapters 5, 6, 7, and 8 in this book. Each of the 286 stocks also has its own data page in chapter 9. On their data page, you can instantly see the strengths and weaknesses of each stock in the 11 categories that make up its grand score. To ensure that the score you are using is the most current available before making your final stock purchase decision, always rescore the stock. The IDM stock scoring software is provided on request to all those purchasing this book. Send a request for it by email. If you do not receive your software by email within 24 hours, please phone me. This software allows you to score any stock on any stock exchange. Next week, we will continue with Chapter 1.
first question. If you had never accumulated $10,000 in cash and were handed $100,000 today, what would you quickly do to make this money work for you? If I knew little about investing, I would go to the book American High Dividend Handbook or, if I were in Canada, Canadian High Dividend Handbook and pick the 10 highest scoring stocks from its charts and invest $10,000 in each stock. I would then forget about it. I would expect it to pay me an annual dividend income of at least $6,000, which I would invest back into the 10 stocks. I would expect this dividend income to increase every year by at least 5%, and for the stock's share price to also increase steadily. Within five years, that portfolio should have increased to about $200,000 and be paying out at least $12,000 a year in dividends. As an experiment, I actually tried this with 20 highest American storing stocks in my book, Safer, Better Dividend Investing, over the previous 12 months, just to see what would happen. On January 15th of 2022, I received from Simply Wall Street the following message. Week 2, you had performed the market this week and one of your stocks is up 7.6%. The market in the USA has been flat over the past seven days with the oil and gas industry up 4.8%. Your portfolio outperformed the market and is up 3.0%. The market and your portfolios. It then provided charts which showed USA seven-day return minus 0.5%, one-year total return 15.3%, price-to-earnings ratio 17.4%. Next listed, U.S. oil and gas was up 4.6%, total one-year return 57%, price-to-earnings ratio 18.1%. My best 20 U.S. scores, the seven-day return was 3.0%. The total annual return was 35.3%, which was more than double the USA market, and the price-to-earnings ratio was 10.3, which seems to indicate that the high-scoring stocks that are in the charts in the book a very low price to earning ratios compared to the industry as a total. It then listed the first six companies I had put into their system. It had a little notation. Users on our free plan, like me, are limited to one portfolio of six companies. Upgrade to get up to three portfolios on limited companies. What was interesting with the first six shares that were listed was British American Tobacco. The share price was $30.33. The seven-day return was 7.6%. The one-year total return was 18.3%. Triton International, T-R-I-N, on the New York Stock Exchange, could be bought for $65.96. 
it was up 6.8% for the last seven days. And the one-year total was 36.5%. The best gain of the six was Comerica, that's C-O-M-E-R-I-C-A, symbol C-M-A. The share price is $101. The seven-day return was 4.3%, but the one-year total return was 64.6%. If I was an experienced investor, I would be more selective about which 20 stocks I chose. While some of the highest scores may generate good capital gains, they are not the highest dividend payers. Since I live off my dividend income, I personally would select some lower but safer scoring stocks that paid higher dividends. The second question I was asked, is now a good time to add reliable dividend-paying REITs, that's real estate investment trusts, and equities to your portfolio as a retiree? I retired 17 years ago, and based on my portfolio and financially strong companies paying high dividends, this includes several REITs. In those 17 years, I've watched my portfolio grow by 300% despite my taking a six-figure annual income out of it. Even during market crashes, 95% of my 20 stocks paid their regular dividends despite the fact that the share prices dropped by 50% in 2008 and 2020 before they recovered and reached new highs. If you look at easily obtainable historical records, you can see the historical share prices, and the continuous dividend payouts of any stock. I quickly recognize that speculators only control share prices. They do not control the profits of companies from which the dividends are paid. The skilled managers of the dividend companies have control over expenses and revenues. When asked by friends how I did it, I wrote books to help them. The books describe how to find the stocks, how to score them, and how to acquire them. The books contain numerous charts to make building a portfolio safe, quick, and easy. A self-directed investor can save hundreds of thousands of dollars over the years in financial service fees. Third and final question. Are preferred shares a good investment? Although common shares have a higher visibility, there is another type of share that companies issue and sell on stock exchange called preferred shares. You will recognize them by their stock symbols. Their symbols contain a PR or a PF as an example an Enbridge Inc. preferred shares would be enb.pr.n and a TransCanada company preferred share would be trp.pf.f. Unlike some common shares, preferred shares always pay dividends. Often, the dividend is 1% or 2% more than the dividend of the common share for the same company. However, like a bond, they do not share 
in the capital gain of the corporation, nor do they have any ownership or voting rights in the corporate structure. They are alone, like a bond. Preferred shares rank above common shares in realizing money from a company's liquidation, but would rank behind the company's bondholders. However, as I've described already, the chances of realizing any kind of payout in a corporate insolvency of a public company is just about nil. You can buy and sell preferred shares on the start market, just like a common share. However, while the dividend payout stays consistent, the share price does not. I did an analysis of all stocks traded on the Toronto Stock Exchange that paid an annual dividend greater than 3.5% of the share price. 654 shares met this criteria. Of those, 56.04% of the shares were preferred shares. Preferred shares are usually issued at a standard price of $25. Of the 364 shares, only 17 companies had a share price exceeding $25, and of these preferred shares, only one was greater than $30. The chance of realizing a capital gain from a preferred share is 1.91%. 183 of the 366 preferred shares, 50% of them, had lost at least 20% of their value and were now worth less than $20. Several were trading for less than $10. Since there is almost no chance of capital gain, speculators seem to have no interest in preferred shares. Only a few hundred shares, or at most a few thousand of a company's preferred shares, will trade each day. Often, no shares are being bought or sold. The question is, why would an investment advisor put preferred shares in a client's portfolio? The dividend rate, which is perhaps 1% higher than the company's common share dividend rate, appears to be the only attraction. Unfortunately, what you make on a 1% dividend difference, you lose when the preferred shares price drops 20% from its initial placement. Most of the preferred shares seem to be paying dividends in the 5 to 6% range. There are many good common shares paying more than 7%. If interest rates decrease and the preferred shares dividend now looks attractive to investors, the corporation who issued the preferred share can call it in and issue new preferred shares paying a lower dividend rate. Unlike bonds where you get back all the money you invested with a preferred share, you only get back what someone is willing to pay you for your preferred share. And 98% of the time, that will be less than the $25 you may have paid for it. The commission they pay the investment dealers who sell preferred shares to naive clients 
is to believe to be very attractive. Unlike common shares, there's nothing but a mediocre dividend incentive to entice a buyer. None of the usual reference points that encourage you to buy a common stock are available. For example, no operating margin, no book value, no price-to-earnings ratio, no analyst recommendations, no high volumes of shares being traded, and so on. If a company that issued preferred shares ran into financial difficulty, there is nothing stopping a company from suspending all their dividend payments, including those for preferred shares. Corporations that issue preferred shares must like them. It is a cheaper way to raise money for large capital projects than borrowing from the bank and avoids the monetary commitments that a bond would demand. A company's assets secure their bank loans. The value of these assets limits how much a corporation can borrow. Assets do not secure preferred shares. The number of preferred shares issued is limited by what the corporation thinks it can afford to pay out in dividends. Corporate executives encourage the use of preferred shares to raise capital because the preferred shares do not dilute the common share price. Thus, the executives who have their annual stock option incentives tied into an ever-increasing common share price need not fear preferred shares removing their chances to make tens or hundreds of thousands of dollars in bonus money. In my first book, Income and Wealth from Self-Directed Investing, I dwell on Miss Innocence's investment problems. Her original portfolio contained a large percentage of preferred shares. Since almost all preferred shares decline a great deal in value, it is not surprising that her portfolio lost $300,000 of its value in just a few years. There really was a good chance that she would have outlived her money had she not substituted common shares for those preferred shares. Dividend income is not enough. You also need capital gain. Preferred shares do not give you capital gain. Thanks for listening. If you wish more information on investing and stock scoring, please visit my website, www.saferbetterdividendinvesting.com. <laughs>